It is Sunday evening, September the 10th of the year 2023. And ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the BB Chronicles. Week one of the NFL season is pretty much wrapped up. We we still have one more game left tomorrow, Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. But what a day it was today, guys. Week one, being on the couch watching Red Zone and watching, keeping up with all these games, it 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 is something. It is a little bit of a marathon, but if you if you're enjoying it, it you don't really mind. It's not a long day. It really isn't. And I am just while recording this, the Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, have just stomped all over the New York Giants. It was a beatdown of epic proportions. I'm about to get to this game, though. It was a great day of action. Some surprises, some upsets, games that we already saw coming. It was it was a lot of rust. There was a lot of rust in some quarterbacks. Some quarterbacks were just awful. Um, some defenses. I mean, some there was there were game where there were games where there were just defenses that controlled the game. We had rookie quarterbacks make their debut. I mean, we had a lot of rookies in general. We had great rookie wideouts who uh, played great games today. It, it, it was a good way to start. It, I I will admit, I think a lot of the games lacked some drama. I, I, I will admit that. I think there was some drama lacking in some of these games, but it, it was still a great day of action. It's only week one. But I'm going to get to the game that just ended. I won't even go too much in this game because literally there wasn't a whole lot. The Dallas Cowboys obliterating the New York Giants. A playoff team, New York Giants. A team who had won a playoff game last year. Let me remind you all, the New York Giants, well, I never put them in the same breath as Dallas. They literally got eliminated in the same round as the Cowboys did. Um, Three-point favorite, Dallas came into this game. And I expected a tough game. I expected, I expected a more improved New York Giants team. Their defense has stars all over it. Uh, their offense is not lacking stars, but it, it, it was a beatdown that I didn't expect. Their offense was awful. I don't know why they got off the run game. That whole first drive, they ran the ball well. I don't know why after that. Things just went to shit, but they did. I knew as soon as Daniel Jones... I mean, everyone saw it. Everybody who saw the game, as soon as Daniel Jones went went to throw, it, it was awful. I don't know why they didn't take him out in the fourth quarter. He could have he gotten injured. It was awful. It was a rainy game, and it affected the home team more than it did the road team. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they showed they're in a different class. They put up one of the performances of the day, along with San Francisco along with the Los Angeles Rams, the Browns, they put on a dominant performance and probably the most dominant performance. Nobody saw that coming. 40 to nothing, you can't just tell me with a straight face. That's what they're supposed to do. No, you didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think that was going to happen. It was incredible. Uh, the Dallas Cowboy offense didn't have to even show much. Like, I don't think they blew the... the I, I don't think they blew the, the roof... Um, the roof out the stadium, to be honest. Not that MetLife has a, a roof, but 
the offense didn't really have to do much. I I don't think. I, I can't really grade the offense. The offense did what they had to do. They were pretty good today, of it tonight. It wasn't a game where Dak Prescott threw a touchdown pass because I don't think they. I I mean I don't, I mean, sometimes you know you don't have to throw a touchdown pass to solidify yourself or to stat pad whatever. Um, the offense was fine. Tony Pollard looks like Tony Pollard. C.D. Lamb looks like C.D. Lamb. I like what I saw out of Brandon Cooks. The offensive line was, it was great. Even without Tyler Smith out there, I liked what I saw out of the offensive line. I was shocked how bad the Giants' offensive line still is. It really is. It's tough when you go up against one of the elite, one of the elite uh, defensive lines that Dallas has. Uh, the receivers could, couldn't really do much. Daniel Jones under pressure couldn't do much. Saquon just was non-existent after the first couple of drives. It, it was a rough game in all cylinders by the by the Giants and even special teams. You could say they missed the they missed the field goal attempt. The first, actually, the first field goal attempt. Well, actually, they missed two. The first one was blocked, which was returned for a touchdown. That set the tempo for the whole game. And then the second one, right before the half, it was ugly by the New York Giants. I didn't expect this kind of beatdown. Um, the Giants have not beaten Dak Prescott. They have not beat the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott as a starting quarterback since 2016. They swept them that year, by the way. So, th- I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. I think, if I'm not wrong, Prescott, I think, now has 12 wins in a row against the New York Giants. Since, since as far as I can remember, the Cowboys have some some heavy success on the Giants. It was ugly tonight. But the Dallas Cowboys have to play the New York Jets next week. And what's going to be a real slobber knocker. That game's going to be a real... I, I, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited. Maybe that New York team will show us something. The New York Giants, thankfully, get to play a team like the Arizona Cardinals, who were no slouch uh, today. But that's arguably the worst team in the league that's supposed to be. So they can't be any worse. They can't. I, they need to stick to running the football. And they need to start finding more. They need they, they, they need to shore up that offensive line. They paid a lot of money to Daniel Jones. and Daniel, he's just not a passer. He's just not. And he doesn't have the weapons necessarily. Although Darren Waller, you know, he had his moments. It was a beatdown of epic proportions. I can't go any further. That was it. Next up. So, mm, speaking of uh, beatdowns, look, there was a couple. And there's none other probably bigger one than what the San Francisco 49ers did to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had Pittsburgh winning this game. Not because I, I imagined them being a better football team than the San Francisco 49ers. I just thought they were going to show up. Be lights out. Be efficient. Kenny Pickett was going to show up. I expected the def- um, I expect the defense to give Brock Purdy some trouble. Similar to the Dallas game, this was not close from the beginning. From the first, from the opening drive to the, to the end of the game, it was a beatdown. It was awful. I, I, I was shocked how bad it was. I was shocked how little resistance the Steelers had to San Francisco. It was a well-oiled machine um, that was 
the San Francisco 49ers, especially Brock Purdy. He was dicing them up for most of that. In, well, I mean, he, he diced them up the entire game, but that whole first half, I was astonished how easy he made it look. And Christian McCaffrey was brilliant. I mean, he, he was, it was such a great game by that offense. I was shocked how little, other than T.J. Watt, the rest of the Steelers were able to get enough pressure on Purdy. I think the offensive line held up pretty good. T.J. Watt had himself a pretty good game, but overall they couldn't get enough pressure on Brock Purdy. He had his he had his way against them. And Kenny Pickett, by the way, guys, Brock Purdy was the last quarterback taken in the 2022 draft. Kenny Pickett was the first one. A first round and a seventh round. And look, Kenny Pickett, his stat, you look at his final stat line, it's not even that bad. He actually has more. He actually ended up finishing the game with more passing yards than Brock Purdy has. I mean, had, but two interceptions, obviously, are going to kill it. The lack of run game is alarming. If you're a Steeler fan, the offensive line wasn't, you know, it did not have its best game. Their star wideouts were not really existent in this game. Allen Robinson, ironically, was their leading was their leading wideout today, having uh, five catches and sixty four yards. But George Pickens, George Pickens only having thirty six yards today. Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson having of forty eight. I feel they they could have incorporated Najee Harris more in the passing game, but again, the lack of run game. And maybe this is what's going to happen when you fall behind early as fast as they did. But six carries for 31 yards, is it's kind of alarming. It's kind of alarming. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have many aims like this. Where they're just getting destroyed in every every facet of the game. Offensively, defensively. Like I was literally waiting around the second quarter or third. I was literally waiting for the Pittsburgh defense to make some plays, put some pressure on San Francisco, give them, give the Steelers and Pickett good field position. It just did not happen. It was pure dominance. And again, they did it to a team who had, the, the 49ers did this to a team who finished 9-8 and eight and had aspirations to go to the playoffs. I picked Pittsburgh to go to the playoffs. And it was a weird day for the division in general, but Pittsburgh should be fine. But Kenny Pickett, you know, he's got to be better. There's really no, I don't really know how else to put it. He, he's he's got to be a lot better. This is a guy they're counting on to be the franchise quarterback. Well, at least they're hoping so. So, yeah, Kenny Pickett has to be a whole lot better. The run game has to set up. But overall, they did play last year's number one defense, which looked every part of it. They were playing arguably the most complete team in the league you could argue in San Francisco a team who a lot of people have picked to go to the Super Bowl so they're not thankfully they're not going to play the 49ers every week but damn this was a punch in the mouth and sometimes you need this sometimes you need this uh yeah it, it was that kind of game one for three on fourth down the the time of possession that San Francisco had was Incredible, 37 minutes to 22 that the Pittsburgh Steelers had. That's going to do, that really is going to do something. But, 
Yeah, and, and they got completely outgained. The San Francisco 49ers outgained Pittsburgh 391 to 239. So it wasn't really a it wasn't really a game you could say, oh, it was too many turnovers. Yeah, turnovers were one. But when you're getting outgained the way you did, it's very difficult to win football games like that. And not being able to have the ball enough. So look, I don't I Kenny Pickett threw 46 passes today. I don't think that's the recipe to win in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying he has to be a bus driver, but he, I, I just don't think they can win like that. I, I think they will have to establish the run game. Najee Harris is too talented, but, man, that run blocking has got to improve. They can't get off to shit starts like that. Speaking, speaking of getting punched in the mouth, their divisional rival, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow coming off fresh from, being the, from signing the richest contract in NFL history. Look, I said on my predictions podcast, the Browns are going to pull the upset if it, it really is one. They're going to pull off the upset. They have the, uh, they have the Cincinnati Bengals' number. Um, they have their number. The Bengals don't get off to good starts. Burrell's, you know, kind of, I don't want to say he's dealing with a calf injury. I'm just saying he's kind of... Um, He's barely freshly healed off a calf injury. By the way, I don't even think the starters even play together during preseason. Burrow didn't play any preseason, too. It was a combination of everything literally that happened today. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. You know, up until halftime watching this game, I I, I was like, ah, Cleveland, Cleveland was fucking around. Let me let me just say this. If you watch the Cleveland-Cincinnati game, Cleveland was just fucking around. They let Cincinnati in that game a little longer than they should have. It was a rainy game. It was very hard to throw. Deshaun Watson from Cleveland couldn't get anything going either. Let's not, let me not sugarcoat that. But it was rough on all edges for the Cincinnati Bengals. It was the kind of performance that maybe shouldn't have shocked me, but it shocked me. I didn't think they were going to finish this game with three points. Three fucking points they finished against a team who didn't even have a winning record last year. Three fucking points for one of the best offenses of the last two seasons. A team who has been to the AFC Championship game the last two seasons. A quarterback, literally the only guy who I think people would even dare put in Patrick Mahomes' breath. I mean, around his breath, if that makes any sense. The Cincinnati Bengals had six first downs in this football game. The Cincinnati Bengals were awful today in every aspect. They lost this game 24-3. to Three, three points. I, I, I'm still like flab, flabbergasted by this. Look at the stat line. They got outgained 350 to 140. They got, they got outgained by 200 yards. How is this real? They, Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards. Joe Burrow went 14 for 31 for 82 yards. He didn't even complete 50% of his passes. He didn't even get to 100 passing yards. He had a 52 passer rating. If it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill, he, he was probably the biggest loser of today. Well, he probably was up because of his standards. It was ugly. It was ugly. Jamar Chase was their leading receiver. He only had 39 yards. There was nothing they can do. Two for 15 on third down. They lost the time of possession battle by 11 minutes. The Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, 
they got punched in the mouth. At, at least Pittsburgh can say, oh, well, we lost to a, we lost to a heavyweight in the 49ers. The Bengals lost to a team they were favored against. <laughs> they lost to a team that didn't have a winning record last year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yes, we, we anticipated Cleveland would have improved, but oh my goodness, I didn't expect that kind of dominance from uh, from the Cleveland defense. Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett were unbelievable today. The entire defense was unbelievable. The pass rush, how, you know, the pass rush, they were disrupt. They, they, they were just disrupting plays. The run game never really got going. Joe Burrow, I mean, it, look, it was a combination of the calf, uh, rust, the whole offense, really, a bunch of rust, the old line. Defensively, they defensively, I, I, they were okay. Defensively, they did put some pressure on Deshaun Watson. They weren't letting him. They were, you know, the pass defense was, was solid. They they weren't letting him get much. The run defense was awful. Oh my goodness! And I know it's a rainy game. A lot of times you have to go to the run, but not not that I anticipated them stopping Nick Chubb today. But it it was bad. It was bad, and the, and the whole second half. I mean, the whole second half just went to shit. It really did. They were down ten zero at the half, but they were still in the game. You know, they were still in it. They made it. You know, they kicked in a field goal. They made it ten to three. They made it ten to three. After that, they just got outscored fourteen to nothing. It, the Bengals got beat down. They got a life lesson. Uh, they've officially lost six of their last seven to the Cleveland Browns. Um. The Bengals will be fine. The Bengals will be fine. They they tend to get off to slow starts. They'll be fine, but they they can't afford. Remember, I said this on the predictions podcast. They can't afford to get off to an zero and two start again. I think Pittsburgh still improved regardless of what happened today. Baltimore will always find a way to win, even with injuries piling up. Well, as long as too many don't pile up, and obviously we just saw what Cleveland's capable of. So. They'll be the Cincinnati Bengals will be fine, but God, this I I think this is a reminder to all to everyone listening. It doesn't matter how good you are, rust will rust will hit you. Rust will hit you. You will you can be beaten any way, anyhow possible. Even the great Joe Burrow, who had one of the worst stat lines of the day, it, it was bad. The Cleveland Browns, on the other hand. They'll be fine. I, my my biggest concern with Cleveland is their passing game. Deshaun Watson had his moments. He uses legs very well, but he, he looked he, the guy looked rusty too. He, that, that guy he's got to shake that off. I know it was a raining. Uh, it was raining. There was a lot of games where it was raining today. It felt like, but he he's got to improve a little bit. You know, thankfully the defense did up the, the heavy load. But you, know, you got to imagine if Joe Burrow was thrown for his typical 300 yards. I don't know if Cleveland wins this game. I really don't. So yeah, that that's that on that game. Um what else? What else? Did y'all see the Miami Los Angeles Chargers game? Literally everyone knew that was going to happen. It it was the it was a high-scoring game. I believe it was the highest-scoring game of the day. I might be wrong. I didn't even. I haven't even looked that up. 
but I'm pretty sure that probably is the highest scoring game of the day. Look, when Miami gets it going, they get going. Whew. Let me tell you, I think the Dolphins offense is literally what people keep trying to hype up the Chargers offense to be. You know, we, we spent the whole offseason, not only this offseason, but we spent the whole offseason la- uh, um, of last year, and we're always hyping up the Chargers offense. Oh, their offensive line, their run game, Austin Eckler. By the way, the run game was good today. Justin Herbert and his potential and and Mike Williams coming back and Keenan Allen and they just drafted Quinton Johnson and oh Chargers this they just got Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator there's always something with the Chargers offense in fantasy they're amazing like if and I don't mean fantasy full I mean you you think about it it's like oh my god well, everything you think the Chargers offense should be and could be, that, that's literally what the Dolphins are. It was inevitable. It was inevitable that Tua Tagovailoa was going to find Tyree Kill. Now, I didn't think, not for a second did I think Tua Tagovailoa was going to throw for, well, it almost felt like he almost threw for 500 yards. He threw for 466 today. 466 yards, three touchdowns with only one pick, 110 passer rating, and, and, and Tyree Kill. He said he wanted to he said he wanted to get to 2,000 receiving yards, which again, it's likely because of the extra game, which I don't like, but okay. He's already on pace for that. 215 yards today for Tyree Kill and two touchdowns. That last touchdown in the fourth quarter. Excuse me. In the fourth quarter, I saw that coming from a mile away. I I feel like everyone in the stadium saw that coming. It's like when Randy Moss went off on Dallas at Thanksgiving in '98. You just saw it coming. It's like how do you not see it coming? They I saw it coming. Tua Tagovailoa, and under that offense, it simplifies the game for him. He looks like a superstar. And and look, not that the Chargers. Not that the Chargers' pass defense did anything. The Chargers' pass defense, I thought, was unacceptable today. I I was afraid that maybe, okay, they're going to get some pressure on Tua. Oh, hell no, they didn't. Tua had his his way with that Chargers' defense. And by the way, the Chargers' defense, especially J.C. Jackson's, some of the plays he had, ugh. That late flag before halftime, oof, that was a killer. That pass interference call. Um, but yeah, the Miami Dolphins, that, like when they get going, they get going. They always win games like this, guys. Always win games like this in an entertaining fashion against another good opponent. Mike McDaniel is one of the best head coaches in the league. I think Mike McDaniel is what people thought. Um, is what people thought. Um, uh, Brand Staley was going to be on the defensive side. Mike McDaniel is unbelievable. Literally, like I, I would sit down some days and think, what if they had Justin Herbert as quarterback, or what if they had a uh, Josh Allen or something? They're doing that with Tua Tagovailoa. The guy threw for four sixty six. By the way, they do this without even fucking running the ball. How does this team continue to get away without running the football? That's what I want to know. How does this team continue to get away without running the football? Especially when the Chargers did so well today. The Chargers, by the way, I, there was a lot of Charger fans 
oh yeah, we did a pretty good running, uh, stopping the run today for once. You he went against a team who literally does not give a fuck about running the ball. The the Miami Dolphins had five hundred and thirty six total fucking yards, five thirty six, and they only had seventy rushing yards in this entire game. They don't need to run the ball. If there's one team in the whole fucking league that does not need to run the ball, it is the Miami Dolphins. And, and, and don't get it twisted. It, 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 it will catch up to them in some games. Who knows? In the playoffs as well. But they can get away with it more times than not. As long as, the guy, as, long as their guys are healthy and they're running the plays that they should be, they're catching the ball, they're fine. Oh, they're fine. God, it was an offensive display of epic, epic, pro, epic proportions. I, I do think they need to step up their run defense. You know, Vic, uh, Vic Fangio put on a, you know, he was he came clutch at the end. Those blitzes on J- uh, Justin Herbert at the very end of the game, they pissed me off. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is a really talented quarterback. He's he's really good. He did his part, but my God. What was the last time that he came up with a clutch game in the fourth quarter like that? Because he did it today. He, he Excuse me, he did not today. Like, Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback. He's really good to watch highlights on. But I think he, he's not very clutch. Is it, I don't know if it's wrong for me to say. Justin Herbert is not very clutch of a quarterback. He's not somebody that with two minutes left in the game down... Down six, I'm gonna count on. I I just don't. I I think Kellen Moore could have done a better job. Look, they ran the hell out of the ball. They did very very well, but I don't know. Every time they went up, remember every time they were up, they would get the ball on offense, and they never quite put the stamp on the game. They just let the Dolphins stick around too fucking much, and that's the what happened. The Chargers are entertaining, but my God. They have to graduate from entertaining to actually winning consistently. <laughs> That's the problem with the Chargers. They're entertaining and they're good. But they can be dominant and elite. And that's what frustrates me about the Los Angeles Chargers. At least the Dolphins are trying to do something about it. My God. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that. I went... I hope that didn't sound like too much of a rant. Um... Did Jock catch the rookie debut? The rookie debuts today. There was a lot of them. The quarterbacks, um, they all played in the early afternoon, if I'm not wrong. The receivers. Uh, Zay Flowers from Baltimore looked amazing. He looks like he could literally be the wide receiver one at there, you know, in Baltimore. He could have been top 10 drafted, at least from what I saw. Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison looked solid. Christian Gonzalez. Ooh, oh my goodness. He, hey, New England's got themselves a corner for years to come. Will Anderson. It was, and I'm I'm forgetting more guys off the top of my head. There, a lot of, a lot of fucking rookies made their debut. Uh, Smith, Smith and Jigba, the Seattle offense wasn't very. They weren't. They weren't themselves today. So, we didn't get to see a whole lot of them. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see a whole lot of Quentin Johnson. Um. At least make big plays in general. You know, we got to see. Oh, we got to see Bijan Robinson dazzle a little bit. They need to get him more involved in the offense. They got him involved in the passing game too. It, 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 at, you know, Atlanta can sure as hell run that football. That was never a. 
that was never without, uh, within doubt. Jameer Gibbs showed his flashes on Thursday as well. You know, uh, there, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. He, he, he looked good today as well. Um, but obviously, this is this conversation is for the three rookie quarterbacks today. Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud. They all lost. Okay. They they all took L's. But I, I thought I, I thought they all looked decent. They all looked look, so Bryce Young threw two interceptions. Okay, fine, yeah. He threw two interceptions. Um I I, I don't know. It's very difficult with Bryce. I think he struggled the way maybe a rookie quarterback should struggle. Like he wasn't like I've seen rookie quarterbacks make their debut and it's I've seen dog shit. I've seen bad. I've seen okay. I've seen good and I've seen elite. There are very, very, very rare occasions where a rookie quarterback will make his debut, regardless whether it's the first game of the season or midway through the year or the following year. I, it's very, it's very rare you see one make their debut and literally fucking blow the roof off. The only guys, at least from from what I remember, the only guys that I can think of are Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert. I think maybe Andrew Luck. Cam Newton. I th- he had a hell of a debut. The, the, those are about... And I might be forgetting one. That's about the only list I can think of. Of quarterbacks who literally on their debut just freaking looked apart. It is not easy to look like that as a rookie quarterback. It, it's just unfair to have that expectation. Bryce Young probably has it a little higher because he's the number one pick. A guy that Carolina traded up for. But I think it was a little bit unfair. I don't think he had the weapons in this game. By the way, neither he also didn't have the offensive line. But he didn't have the weapon, the weaponry to to make things happen. I just don't think this was the case in today's game. You know, his stat line, he threw for 146 yards. He threw the two picks. With a 48 passer rating. The run game was okay. You know, hell, I'll say it was actually pretty good. I think the run game. I think Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, they, they did their fair share. But Hayden Hurst was about the only guy that really, really helping him out. Miles Sanders was his second leading receiver. That's a running back. I just think uh, it's it, it's hard to expect a rookie quarterback to just carry the fucking team like that. It's very, very difficult. They had their opportunities. Don't get me wrong. They were in the game from for the most part. You know, it's not like Atlanta literally were putting on an, a, a master class of their own. But you know, they were zero for two on on fourth down. Five for fourteen. Uh, Carolina was on third down. It's it, it's a learning process. It's a learning process. Um, I think he's gonna have to cut down on those picks. But I think he'll be fine. I don't think I saw anything bad. I don't think I saw anything where like, oh, this guy, you know, instantly. Like I remember when I wa- I watched Malik Malik Willis make his NFL debut. I knew for instantly that that's not it, <laughs> that ain't it. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. He made his debut against a, a, an Atlanta defense that brought in a lot of reinforcements. Jesse Bates looked. Like every part of the money that they paid him to be, 
to be the safety for Atlanta. Um, so that's for Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud. My God, the Houston offensive line. I didn't think how I didn't. I sh- I was warned. They kept telling me, but I didn't take it. The offensive line is so banged up. It's so bad right now. The the Houston offensive line. I felt bad for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, I thought, actually might have had the best performance of the three if it wasn't for how bad that old line was. You know, he, he, he looked he looked apart. I, I really thought he looked apart. But, again, all quarterbacks are going to have that. They, Anthony Richardson did not have a good offensive line. I don't think he had any run. Well, he didn't have any run game. <laughs> he, he had the two. The t- uh, his his top two running backs were not even playing in this game especially his uh former all pro and jonathan taylor freaking bryce young he he literally lacks weapons like all over the field um in terms of wideouts and he has no offensive line or little offensive line excuse me and cj stroud i mean his offensive line didn't do him any favors at all in this game cj stroud looks fine i i think cj stroud looked you know his and his stat line wasn't even bad either. He actually he actually might have had a better stat line than Lamar Jackson, the guy, the quarterback he was going up against. He went twenty eight for forty four, two hundred forty two yards. He didn't have a TD. He didn't have a pick. Seventy eight passer rating. I would like to see the Houston run game open up a little more. Damon Pierce, who was nice, who's I mean he, he he was nice as hell last year. Only eleven carries with thirty eight yards. Nico Collins had himself a hell of a game, though, and so did Robert Woods. But it would it would also help if he had some elite wideouts out there. You know, Nico Collins was targeted eleven times, as well. So he he's fine. It's hard to always grade rookie quarterbacks unless they're like legit, 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 or they're just awful. You know, he was fine. He was fine, and he was going up against a very, very, very good Baltimore defense. Like, that's almost unfair. That really is. And the other one was Anthony Richardson. I don't know why I'm going so slow right now. But, yeah, the other one is Anthony Richardson. I think he was fine today. Um, I I think he'll be fine from the injury. They hung in there with Jacksonville, by the way. They hung in there with Jacksonville. Now, the Indianapolis Colts defense played played a very good game, too. And they had Jacksonville selling for, for a good portion of that game. The Indianapolis Colts could have legit won this game. They had an opportunity after opportunity to win this game. But inexperience shows when you're in like deep in the fourth quarter, pressure piles up a little bit, the crowd, you know, it's not the same. It really isn't. But he, you know, he had his flashes, you know, he had Anthony Richardson had his flashes. He used his legs. He, as a passer, he he's a lot better than what I was anticipating. He threw for 223 yards. He was sacked four times, though. I mean, he, again, he didn't have an offensive line. He didn't have a run game. He lacks weapons other than Michael Pittman, who had almost 100 yards. He had a touchdown uh, reception as well. But, yeah, the, the lack of run game is alarming in Indianapolis as well. And it, Deion Jackson is their top running back right now. The dude had 13 carries for 14 yards. <laughs> You're not winning like that. Hell to the no, you ain't winning like that. Anthony Richardson was the leading rusher with 40 yards. That's got to that's gotta change. You can't just expect them to win. But from what I saw, I, I think they might pull off some wins. They literally took the division champ 
or and a team who I know is going to win the division again this year. They took him to the brink, and and, and that's impressive. So yeah, that that's that with the rookie quarter uh, rookie quarterbacks. What about the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins? Remember when I made my uh, I was making the picks and I said, I'm taking the Vikings, but my God. They are probably going to shoot themselves in the foot. They are going to make this game a hell of a lot closer than it, and it really has to be. And y'all want to know what ended up happening in this game? The game became closer than it had to be. And Tampa Bay fucking pulled out the win on the road. Baker Mayfield pulled out the win. It, it's, it's the most typical Minnesota Vikings way to lose in a day where... Justin Jefferson did his part. The dude had over 150 receiving yards. And, and there's all the talk about his contract extension and all this stuff. Ooh, that's, uh, that's rough, man. That's rough. I Before the season, I said, this team is going to go up against Detroit. This team is going to battle Detroit for that division title. They don't look like it. As a matter of fact, I think Green Bay looks more like, uh, like a, a challenger to Detroit. But not these Vikings. Look, the Vikings will be fine. They will be around nine wins this year. Not ten wins, who knows. They don't suck. Their problem is they're the Vikings. They make games closer than they should be. Th- this game should not have been this close. And and that's no disrespect to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, who literally, they were lights out too. They played a hell of a game. But Maker, Baker Mayfield was just awful in that first half. Like again, this game had no business being as close as they did. The Minnesota Vikings outgained the Buccaneers, three sixty nine to two forty three. They outgained them. They outgained these guys by over a hundred yards and lose twenty to seventeen. They couldn't even get to twenty points in this game. The Minnesota Vikings. It, it's got to suck. It's got to suck if you're a Vikings fan, considering you were eleven and zero in one possession games last year. The streak ends this time, but they outgained the Buccaneers by over a hundred yards. But what really killed them was those three turnovers, especially in the red zone. I, those even hurt more. They really, really, they they have to linger on them, and they can't run the football to save their lives anymore. That's an issue. That's an issue the Saints had too, and I'll get to that as well. The Minnesota Vikings could not run the ball. The O-line was having some problems. And the and they had turnovers. By the way, the Buccaneers had a clean game just about. The Buccaneers did not have a single turnover in this game. And that you know, I, I think that's very noteworthy. I think that's very noteworthy. You look at Kirk Cousins stat line, he went 33 for 44 for 344 yards, two touchdowns, 102 passer rating, but that's Kirk Cousins. He's done this many, many times in his career. This is not new. The situational football. Ah, man. Well, not situational football, but just like the mistakes. I mean, they, they'll pile up on you. That's what kept Tampa Bay in this game. And and then the way they just milked the clock at the end. The way they just kept going and getting first downs. It, it, was, it was great to see. <laughs> it was great to see. It made Baker Mayfield look clutch. But when you're, when you're top running back... Only rushes for 34 yards on 11 carries. It, it's hard. It's going to be very hard to win. They couldn't really get anybody else going other than Jefferson and Addison. I know Justin Jefferson's got to be pissed. 
you go for 150 yards, your team can't even get to 20 points. It's it sucks. So yeah, that's that. The Minnesota Vikings will be fine, but they are no contenders. And I don't think I, I just don't think they're gonna win the division. I really don't. I I don't think that's even an overreaction to state. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings are a divisional champ material team. They, they they just aren't. And there's gonna be a lot of drama with this Justin Jefferson thing. He's not happy and all this crap. Who who knows? We'll see what ends up happening. But the Buccaneers, how they're able to squeak a win like this. How the hell the Buccaneers were able to win in the in a year where I thought they would be probably tanking. Look, their defense, I think, is gonna continue to keep them in games. Baker Mayfield did not fuck it up today, but he will eventually. And that's not to be negative. He will eventually. But good win for the Buccaneers. Unexpected, but they got they pulled it off. Ooh, next one up. I was talking about the Indianapolis game against Jacksonville uh, and, and uh, Anthony Richardson. The Jaguars really found themselves in a pickle in this one. They were they were they were legit. Like they could have lost this game. Now they they pulled away at the end. The inexperience of Anthony Richardson came into play. Trevor Lawrence looked really good in some throws. He, I mean, he looked good today. But how Indianapolis defensively they were they were they were putting pressure on Lawrence. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense, I didn't like what I saw from them. Like, I like what I saw from their pass rushes, but I didn't like what I saw from their offensive line. Kind of a weird game. Jaguars, you know, their offensive line. Brandon Sheriff, I think, went out in this game, too. That's that's tough to lose your top guard like that. And I believe Cam Robinson's not even playing right now, too. This, it's got to be a... That that's got to be something, but I know Jaguar fans aren't really going to take that too serious. They got the win. It's it's a divisional rival, like you know everyone said. That's it's always tough to win games um, against divisional rivals. Trevor Lawrence obviously had that one pick. Um, yeah, but he had two touchdowns. He had two hundred forty-one yards. A big story of this game was not Travis Etienne, who had seventy-seven rushing yards, of course, but Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, a hundred one total receiving yards and a touchdown Zay Jones had his moments as well Travis Etienne obviously was involved in the past game it, it, it was a solid win for the Jaguars there's a lot of stuff they need there's a lot of stuff they should improve on I think the pass defense could improve a little bit but they did get some pressure on Anthony Richardson of course so that's you know the Jaguars are fine they, they're fine they, 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 they played a good game they ran into an opponent who just played a hell of a ball game as well. But they'll be fine. They got the win. That's all that matters. Um, yeah, they won 31 to 21. 14 straight fourth quarter points. That's the way to do it. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to talk about, a lot of these uh, quarterbacks, a lot of rusty quarterback play, that's really what I wanted to bring up. Just... Prescott, I thought looked a little bit rusty, but that's obviously not a story. They won a they won forty to zero. Joe Burrow played awful. Deshaun Watson, I didn't like how he played. Um, Ryan Tannehill was awful as well. Derek Carr had his moments, but eh. well, I guess you could say he's Derek Carr. Sam Howell wasn't all that. Um, even Trevor Lawrence sometimes found himself in situations. Um, 
I wouldn't say Berber or, or Tua Tagovailoa were rusty. I think there, there, those are probably a few exceptions. Geno Smith didn't look good. As soon as his two tackles went out, which very, very unfortunate that Lucas went out. And, um, um, oh, I'm forgetting. the And Charles Cross went out. Justin Fields. I mean, he looked like 2022 Justin Fields. I don't think anything changed out there. They tried their hardest to throw the ball. It just wasn't working. Jalen Hurts even looked rusty. Jalen Hurts obviously didn't even look like... I think he was. I think he had a wager on this game. The the Eagles were begging Philad. Uh, I mean New England to come back in that game. It, it was just a weird day, a very weird day for quarterbacks. And even the ones who played all right probably found themselves on the wrong end. Derek Carr had a good stat line. He almost lost the game. Um, Derek, Kirk Cousins had over three hundred yards and he lost the game. So, yeah, just a weird day for quarterbacks in general. Speaking of Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, uh, the, yeah, they, they didn't look good today. Uh, they, they lost by one point. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Tennessee Titans 16-15 to in a game that I called Battle of the Mid, in a game that I said could have gone either way, literally, basically went either way. Ooh, where do you start with the Titans? Their offense was awful. Shocker. Their offensive line looked as bad as you would have expect, as bad as you would have expected. Obviously, they don't even have weapons. The run game was okay. The run game was okay. Derrick Henry had uh, fifteen carries, fifteen carries for sixty three yards. Ty Spears had twenty seven yards on three carries. They even had Derrick Henry involved in the passing game, fifty six yards on two catches. Derrick Henry was about the only positive thing on that offense. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean. 13 targets. I mean, he had six. He had seven catches on 13 targets for 65 yards. So you can say he's all right, but I mean, a lot of missed throws. Every, I mean, the whole, you know, Traylon Burke, the guy who they drafted in the first round last year, only has 18 yards. It's not very pleasant to see. It's not very pleasant to see. Ryan Tannehill, though, is the worst. I probably had the worst night. Ryan Tannehill, if it, again. If it wasn't for Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill probably has the worst stat line. 16, guys, Ryan Tannehill, 16 for 34, 198 passing yards, no TDs, and he has three interceptions in this game. He had a 28 passer rating. He got sacked three times in this game for a loss of 17 yards. Ryan Tannehill looks like this is probably going to be his final year in Tennessee. I don't know how you resign this guy. And, and I've never been a Ryan Tannehill hater. I'm not somebody who keeps trying to shit on him. But literally, after ever since that 2021 season, we're at the tail end when they lost to Cincinnati in the divisional game, where I believe he threw three picks in that game too. It just feels like he's been on a gradual decline. Now that the offensive line has really fell off and the run game isn't as dominant as it used to be, and the defense maybe isn't a juggernaut like it, it once was. It's he's gotten more exposed, but he's it's really he's fallen off such a cliff now. It's it's bad. They could have legit won this game. I, they literally the Saints were begging them to win this game too. They could have won this game against New Orleans. I don't think what New Orleans did was extremely special either. But man, Tannehill, ooh, Tannehill and that Tennessee offense. Look, they are going to keep games close. They are not going to win games unless the defense is doing something special. 
And by the way, their defense held their part. Arden Key was was really good today. Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, they all did their part. They they were putting a, a beating almost, it felt like, on Derek Carr at times. But they were just getting to him. The, the Saints offensive line presented no challenge at all, it felt like at times. But, yeah, the, by the way, the New Orleans Saints, I mean, the pa look, the passing game for the New Orleans Saints, I thought it was good. They got the one-point win. The passing game had its moments. You know, statistically, they look good. But, gosh, they're going to have to run the ball better. A couple teams had that problem today. But they, they have to be able to run the ball better. And I understand no Alvin Kamara. But, man, you can't win like that. They had no run game. Derek Carr wasn't special. He wasn't bad. He was just Derek Carr. And the defense, I think, could use some help stopping, uh, you know, stopping big plays as well. So, I don't know. You know, New Orleans outgained Tennessee 351 to 285. But the biggest stat line is, at least that I found fascinating, is New Orleans had 100 more passing yards than the Titans. And New Orleans was able to win this game despite having 69 rushing yards. You know, Tennessee, they're going to find ways to win games, I believe. They're doing it less and less than they used to be, if, if that makes any sense. They're not as, it's not, it's not going to be as common as it used to be. Especially when you're not scoring touchdowns. The Tennessee Titans literally score 15 points, all field goals, 5 for 5 for field goals, 2 for 12 on third downs, 16% of the third down uh, they, they converted. It, it, that's not good. That's not... That's not uh, how you were going to win games. Turnovers. Lack of efficiency on third down. That's a that's a no no. So yeah, it, enough with the enough with the Saints. Oh, and by the way, the Saints. Derek Carr, like I said, he he looked good, passing the ball at times. He did have himself a pick, but he had over three hundred yards. And, you know, Olave had 112 yards. Michael Thomas looked, he's starting to look up there. Uh, Shahid had 89 yards and a touchdown. He probably had the best game of all the receivers. But they have, you know, moving on, they're going to have to start running the ball a little bit more. The offensive line's got to improve and help protect Derek Carr. The last thing they need is another injury to a quarterback position, something that they have had very, very constant since the turn of this decade, it seems like. So yeah, the the Saints got their one point dub over Tennessee. What else? What else? Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Mighty Eagles. If anybody looked rusty, it was them. Because I thought after they went up 16 nothing, they were going to dominate. Now, l let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots today. I feel like I, I feel like if there's one flaw about this podcast, it's me literally Jumping to, jumping to what I'm gonna talk about and forgetting like, hey, uh, yeah, this team won by the way. <laughs> no, but really, the Philadelphia Eagles, they survived today. If anybody wasn't watching, they survived. They beat the New England Patriots on the road, twenty-five to twenty. Very hard-fought game. I didn't think it was gonna be this close. I really did not. I probably should have. But I did not think so. And not because I thought New England was bad. Same, same reason why I said I don't think they're bad because I'm picking them last in the division. I just think they're not as good. I, if that makes sense. 
that's what I thought about this game. I said, the New England Patriots are not a bad football team, and their defense is good. Very good. Great, I, I say. Their offense worried me, and the, New, and, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it feels like the way they play offense is flawless at times. The way they run the ball, the way they play call, and obviously they have a very talented defense that I didn't really think is going to let Mac Jones do absolutely anything. Well, the Eagles won, but they weren't. It wasn't an A plus win. They won twenty five to twenty. But let me tell you, they were up sixteen zero at that uh, at the end of the first quarter. I thought, okay, this is gonna be a blowout. New England, at least last year, New England was not known for coming back from deficits. They were just not built for it. Especially Mac Jones having the year he had, they just weren't built for that. And Philadelphia was untouchable when they went up big so it it was a surprise to me that New England stuck around in this game for as long as they did and that the Eagles had uncharacteristic mistakes they you know the Jalen Hurts fumble that you know that they had turnovers that they typically you know well they only had one turnover but you know they they just and they kept stalling out that it was confusing they went four for 13 on third down that was alarming four for 13 on third down they went 0 for 1 on fourth down, which was the fourth down at the very end of the game, I believe. Um, yeah, it was such a weird game. They they had to settle for four field goals. It just wasn't the well-oiled machine I'm I'm used to. And and, and here's the thing, New England's offense. I I can see that they're starting to see some. I'm starting to see some light on the New England Patriots offense. But they're still, it's still not a finished product. That's the only reason they lost. The Philadelphia Eagles, at least in that fourth quarter, were on their knees begging Bill Belichick, begging Bill O'Brien, begging Mac Jones to make a comeback, to beat these beat these guys. It almost felt like Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni were saying, please, New England, please do something to us. Please beat us. Please just do something for once. And no matter how many times they did it, whether it was the Jalen Hurts fumble in the fourth quarter late in that game, or it was the uh, fourth down, the fourth down non-conversion, the turnover on downs, literally two straight drives at the end of that game for Philadelphia that literally went in disaster. They ended in disaster. They gave New England amazing field position, and they didn't do jack shit with it. They did not do anything with it. And that that's probably was just what frustrated me about this game because New England literally was they were being given the game by Philadelphia, who just wasn't their selves, their typical selves. That's probably the only thing that frustrated me about this football game. The New England Patriots could not do anything on offense at the end of that game to win the game. No, don't get me wrong, the Philadelphia Eagles are really good defensively, but man, those are chances that you're whew, it just sucked, okay? Philadelphia literally were were begging these guys to win the game. Like, Philadelphia was asking New England, please beat us already. Can you do something? Come on, we're literally, we just had a fumble. Our quarterback, who finished second in MVP, just fumbled the ball. Oh, and we just turned the ball over on fourth down. Like, And New England just couldn't do anything on, on offense at the end. I, I'm starting to see signs of their offense improving, but the run game was bad today by New England. I, I didn't even think that was going to be the case. But the run game was so bad. 
Um, and, and, you know, Mac Jones had the early interception, but Ezekiel Elliott had the fumble. He had a problem in Dallas with that, too. The offensive line for the New England Patriots was not very good, which I think people expected that. They expected that, you know, the battle of the trenches, I don't think anybody was thinking New England was going to uh, win that necessarily. But look, the Patriots, I, I think this is, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to say this is a, um, um, I don't want to say it, not a win. Um, you, you know what they call when you, you know, when you lose, but it almost feels like a win. I, I don't think it's that kind of game by the, the, the Patriots because I think they literally could have won this game. Like, like I know they played the NFC champions to the brink, but they could have won the game. Like, so it shows you there's still some flaws to this team. The Philadelphia Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts, 22 for 33, 170 yards. Yeah, he had a, th- a passing touchdown. Mac Jones, I mean, his stat line looks fine, but if you're asking Mac Jones to throw 54 times in a game, he had three touchdowns, don't get me wrong, and he had a pick, but you're not going to win with Mac Jones throwing for 54, uh, throwing 54 passes. Now, I'm glad I Mac Jones looked fine, I think, today. I, I think he was actually good today. And down the stretch, they just, I mean, it's 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 hard to score in Philadelphia in the in the red zone. But I just think it's unfair to ask Mac Jones to carry you. And your run game, the the once fear run game of the Patriots just goes flat. Ezekiel Elliott was their leading rusher. I, who would have thought? Seven carries for 29 yards. Ramondre Stevenson was not very good today. Um so it was a weird game, but Kendrick Bourne, I liked him. Reminder Stevenson made up for it in the passing game with 64 yards. Hunter Henry. The passing game is looking better. The New England defense was, uh, uh, oh my goodness. It was great. The New England defense was great. Anytime you're forcing Philadelphia to have to settle for field goals, it's a great day. I think at least Bill Belichick can hang his hat on that. that my defense is going to keep me in every single game. And that's one thing that's important. If you can stay in every single game, you always have a shot to win in this league. And by the way, the New England Patriots play home next week again, and they'll play the Miami Dolphins. And that's going to be very interesting. How their defense, how their defense goes up against such a high octane explosive offense. Mm, it, it's a weird game to predict, but I think New England could win that game. Miami's always struggled winning in Foxborough. Oh, they've always struggled winning in Foxborough. And and it's one of those games where I think Miami's going to have to be able to run the ball. Yeah. Weird game. Jalen Hurts, he'll be fine. The 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 Eagles will be fine. They they're going to continue to win games, but you know, obviously the lack of preseason reps is going to show. You know, you're playing in New England, I mean in Foxborough, very tough environment. But Overall, I think both teams are fine. It was a really good football game. I'm glad I didn't see a blowout. So that that was really good to see. Moving on. Did we learn anything about the Denver Broncos today? With their new head coach, Sean Payton, the great offensive guru, genius, whatever you want to call him. I think, I don't know if we did. I don't know what the fuck we learned today from Denver. The Denver Broncos lost 17 to 16. That's off the top of my fucking head. I literally, yes, they lost 17 to 16 today. One point loss. 
They didn't get the 20 points. I have no clue. I have no clue. Did we learn anything from the, the from Sean Payton from this Broncos team? If you look at the stats, they had I don't I, I'm trying to think where do you start with this game right now? I really am. And where do you start with this team? Did Russell Wilson look better? Yes. Oh, absolutely he did. I think that first half he looked awesome. Did uh, did they look better in general? Hmm, yeah, I guess you could say that. They just lost. Like, I, I don't know how to explain. They just barely lost this game. They just did. I, I don't know what is the best explanation. Their offensive line, I didn't like. I mean, excuse me, their pass rush, I didn't like. I didn't like what I saw. They could not get to Jimmy Garoppolo. The Oakland offensive line is not a behemoth. So I, I didn't like that aspect, and I did not like the special teams. That was bad. <laughs> this, hey, the special teams today was uh, uh how do I say? It? It's not good. And they, you know, missing a field goal like that, no, it's not gonna cut it. Missing an extra point like that, that's not gonna cut it. That's literally what made the difference in this game. If you think about it, if you think about it, they they at least make the extra point, which was I think in the first quarter, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, it was in the first quarter. They make that. They they make that. This probably goes to overtime. Who knows? They win. They make the field goal attempt. They probably win. This game's about inches. It's about seconds. It's about the little things that sometimes will get you a win. Sometimes will get you a loss. And that's literally what happened. Their special teams just sold today, and they they didn't really put much uh, mustard on. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, they made they made him look awesome out there. And and then down the stretch in the fourth quarter, they weren't really playing very well. That final possession, that final yeah, that final possession, that hit on um on Jacoby Myers at the very end of that game. Whew, it it was a bad blow, but it really like that was a if what was that, a third down? Like that game, like they don't do that. They just get a, a regular. They just tackle him. They just hit him cleanly. They get the ball back, and they probably had a good field position too. So it, it's the little things like that. There's things that they can fix. I I think they'll. I don't want to say they're going to be fine. I I say that about every team, but I don't think they were bad. I just think the Raiders did come to play. They they did I because look at the end of the day the biggest and most important thing and question was Russell Wilson, well he looked better if that if that was your biggest concern well that looks better. I I can't really explain it with Denver but they do need to score more points and that's for damn sure. And they need to learn how to start winning closed games because that's something they could not do last year as well. It wasn't like let's for let's not let's remember last year it wasn't like they were just getting blown out every game. No. They struggled scoring points and they were losing these close games as well by the lack of offensive production. Um yeah, Denver went five for eleven on, on fourth down. The the spe, look, the special teams fucked them up. I don't know how else to put it. It fucked them up. They could not run the ball either very well. I mean neither did the Raiders. But they they should be fine down the road. They just lost. I don't explain. It. They lost by one point, but it shows you the little things matter. They they have one. They make one of those. They make one more field goal. 
They went one for two. They, they go two for two. They won this game. <laughs> they pretty much win the game. Who knows what other things happened, but that could have won the game. Same thing if they kicked the damn extra point through the crossbar. It, it's just the little things like that that are going to matter. Even Jimmy Garoppolo's stats, I mean, they're not eye-blowing. He had the pick too, but it wasn't anything crazy. Like, it just wasn't. You know, Russell Wilson does, if there's anything, if there's anything that we would love to see is him to throw the ball down the field a lot more. And I mean, down the field, like longer plays. He he literally averaged five yards per, uh, for a, excuse me, he literally averaged five yards per attempt. That's not, that's not the best thing to see from your quarterback. At least it was nice to see Javante Williams back. I know a lot of the Broncos faithful is happy about that, but God, if there's any team who wants their star wide wide receiver to come back, it's Denver. It's Denver. Cortland Sutton only had 32 yards. Samaje P. Ryan was literally Samaje P. Ryan was their leading receiver today. Samaje P. Ryan. So they need they need more production out of the receivers. As a matter of fact, they just need they they need the receivers healthy, and they need Jared Judy back out there. So yeah, that's that's that with the Denver Broncos. Anytime anytime they play the Raiders, it's always a it's always a bloodbath between the two. But got to give credit to the Raiders. You got to give credit to the lot. Uh, you got to give credit to the Las Vegas Raiders in pulling out this gutsy win. It's always tough to play in Denver, regardless whether if Denver's good or not. It's always tough to play at Mile High because of that altitude. Jacoby Myers, what a hell of a debut! Two touchdowns on 81 yards with nine catches. Devontae Adams had 66 yards on six catches. Josh Jacobs was solid, too. Solid. I mean, he, the run game does need to improve for the Raiders in, in general, but that's for another day. Um, what's next? Let's. Uh, the Packers-Bears played today. The Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. I don't really think it's that much of a rivalry. And after today, I continue to stick by that statement. The Green Bay Packers annihilated the Chicago Bears 38-20. to If you saw the scoreboard, you would have thought Aaron Rodgers stayed in Lambeau Field. That shit was bad. I, I did not think that was going to happen. I did, yes, I did pick the Packers to win this game, but... I didn't fucking think this was going to happen. The Bear, Well, this was not more of a Packers thing that shocked me. It was more of the Bears, how bad they were. That, that's literally what it was. The Chicago Bears... It uh, Their offense looked exactly the same as the last couple of years. I don't think much changed at all. With the Chicago Bears... Justin Fields barely had 216 yards. I think a lot of that was in garbage time. If I'm not wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was mostly in, gar- in garbage time. I stopped watching. I, as a matter of fact, I was on red zone by that point. I, there was no point of having red zone in a second half blowout. He had a pick to, that he ended up throwing a Quake Walker that led to a fucking pick six. It just, I don't know if it's me, but, and it might be me, who knows, but, I feel like they're forcing him to be a guy he's not. They're forcing him to be a, a pocket passer. I don't know. It's 
all I think about is like, damn, what if he had Jalen Hurts as offensive coordinator? What if, what if he was playing in Jalen Hurts' system? Like, would it, would he would it help him more? You know what I'm saying? Because he's got weapons now, but would it help him more in something like that? I just don't think he's a passer, a, a really good. I don't want to say he's not a good thrower. He was a good thrower in college. He was a good one in high school. I don't know why he's struggling so bad. Look, the offensive line doesn't do him any favors. But he just struggles out there, man. The Packers' defense is no joke, okay? Their secondary, their linebackers, their linebackers, excuse me, I'd be uh, stuttering a little bit. They're, they're, they're nice. It's why I picked them to win, but I just didn't think they were going to fuck him up like that. Like, seriously, I didn't think that. And they struggled on third down, mindly, on fourth down as well. Literally, you combine third and fourth down for the Chicago Bears. They went four for 15 on third and fourth down. That's not a good recipe. You look at Green Bay. They went nine for 16 on third down. That's that, That's a big difference. The only problem Green Bay had in this game was fucking penalties. They had 90 yards worth of fucking penalties in this game. But overall, the Packers did what they had to do. Jordan Love had three touchdown passes, which was, I believe, the most of any quarterback today. I believe. I'm I'm not 100% sure. I forgot what how many I forgot how many touchdowns Tua, Tua threw for. It was a good start for Jordan Love. But here's the thing. I kept saying that Jordan Love has a lot of good help there in Green Bay. It's a good organization, good coaching staff. The run game, oh my goodness. I can't stress it enough. That run game... Well, not not necessarily the run game, but the running backs helped them out a lot. I don't want to say the run game because they didn't even get to hundred run, they didn't even get to hundred rushing yards in this game. But Aaron Jones, he had four hundred. I mean, four hundred. He had forty-one rushing yards. Forty-one rushing yards and eighty-six passing. I mean, eighty-six receiving yards uh, on two catches. That one of them obviously led was that uh, incredible touchdown. That's a lot. That's a big day for Aaron Jones right there. It, he he got a lot of help. He got a lot, and and that's without Christian Watson out there. You know, Aaron Jones really really helped him out. He was he was by far their their team's leading receiver. I don't think they, I don't think the Packers is in a mode right now where they want to win pretty. They they really don't, especially when you don't know what you're going to get out of Jordan Love yet. It's his first. You might as well call it his debut. I don't really count last year's uh, performance against the Chiefs as his debut. But I don't think the Packers is in a position like they were in the last um, couple seasons. Maybe not last year, but you know, in 2021 and in 2020 with Rodgers where they didn't just want to win. They wanted to win pretty, dominant. Look good, you know. They had a lot of expectations the last couple of years. They don't have a lot of expectations this year. They really don't. Maybe Jordan Love to be to be nice at least, but they don't have gargantuan expectations to win a title or some shit like that. I, I think that's why the Packers are more. You could tell they're more relaxed. They're more. They don't care how they win. I mean, when you don't have expectations, it doesn't really matter how you win. It's going to look nice regardless. Now, if the Dallas Cowboys had to win ugly, it's different. If the fucking uh, Buffalo Bills had to win ugly, you know, that's different. But they don't have expectations. A thirty to a 38-20 to 20 win is dominant by their standards, well, by their new ones. The defense still looks legit. It did not miss, miss a step. 
it was a dominant win by the Packers against a divisional rival who everyone was saying was on their level now, including me. I thought the, the you know the Bears had kind of closed the gap talent wise. It just was not that kind of day. So yeah, gotta give credit to gotta give credit what credit is due for Jordan Love. Threw three touchdown passes, two hundred forty five uh, passing yards, and one hundred and twenty three passer rating. He outdoed Justin Fields, and it, it sucks to see Justin Fields not play the way we wanted him to play. I mean, he if there's any quarterback who had a lot of expectations for this season, it was Justin Fields. In the fantasy world, but in the real world. Like, this was supposed to be a step up for him. So, we'll see. I hope it's just a, hope it's just a bad week in the office. But I didn't see anything different off this Bears offense prior, like, compared to last year and the year before. So, something to keep an eye on. Next up, um, the Baltimore Ravens. They won ugly today. Speaking of winning ugly, the Baltimore Ravens won ugly. They beat a team in the Houston Texans 25-9. to The game was close initially, but then it wasn't. I think they won the most typical Baltimore Ravens fashion. I don't remember the last time the Ravens really beat an opponent. Just dominant fashion, like pretty. They won. They got the job done. I thought Lamar Jackson was rusty today. I, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but... Lamar Jackson did not look, I mean, look, this is what's going to happen when you don't play for a long time. He has not played since week, if I'm not wrong, he hasn't played since like week six of last year. I don't remember what week he went out. I, I, I can't even tell you, but it's been a long time since he played. And yeah, he 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 had to shake off some rust. This whole freaking Ravens offense, I think, felt like they had to shake off some rust. The Houston Texans defense presented some challenges. D'Amico Ryans is not fucking around, as you can see. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for the Ravens is not even the win. It's after. It's the post. Um, it, well, it's post because... I, I'm, it's post game, excuse me. The Baltimore Ravens... What has fucked them up the most the last couple of seasons? Injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. It doesn't even matter what position. You know, it's happened to Ronnie Stanley. It's happened to um, it's happened to Marlon Humphrey. It's happened to Marcus Williams. It's happened to uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I think I just said J.K. Dobbins. Everyone's been hit. By, uh, Rashad Bateman. It doesn't even matter who who you just try to bring up off the top of your head. Everyone's been hit by injuries like hard, including their friggin' newest acquisition, Odell, who was coming off injuries. Like this team has been riddled by injuries bad over the last couple years. Play starters not being able to play. And it kind of the curse kind of came back today, guys. I can't believe they did, but it's it's almost like somebody jinxed it on these guys, but that shit's sad to see. That they're gonna struggle with injuries again that is something that's not look the Ravens know how to deal with injuries I think they're used to it but that's what's keeping them from being I think a contender the Baltimore Ravens have been you know the last couple years they've been stuck in kind of a we're not mid we're not average we're actually really good but we're not elite they've been stuck like that for three years now and correct me if I'm wrong they've been stuck like that for three years they're nice. Uh, they're pretty good. 
oh, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. But they're not scaring you to the, like, the point where, oh, this team's going to be in the title game. This, this team could make a run at a Super Bowl. Injuries have been one of the reasons why. A big, big reason why. J.K. Dobbins is probably out for the whole year. I think he, you know, he tore his Achilles. And, and that's got to suck. I, I think, then he missed the whole 2021 season? That's tough. I, and I, I believe Ronnie Stanley, if I'm not wrong, Ronnie Stanley also went out in this game. Although I think he should be fine. I'm trying to think who else got injured in this game. I'm I'm literally about to search this up because I, I'm not I'm not trying to exaggerate. I'm not even trying to exaggerate y'all. I'm trying to literally pull up who got injured in this game for the Baltimore Ravens because it almost feels like this is so common. Marcus Williams as well. I think Marcus Williams is um had to leave this game as well. Yeah. Um Marcus Williams, their safety who struggled with injuries as well since they were able to get him. Uh, everyone pick him up. He left this game. Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, their elite left tackle, had to leave this game. Their center, Tyler Linderbaum, had to leave this game. Not very good. And Marcus Williams, by the way, it's fe- he's feared to have a torn peck, according to Ian Rappaport. So that's rough if you're the Baltimore Ravens. They got the win. Um, they looked good doing so as well. But it's got to suck. Oh, and by the way, it's Nate Flowers. Oof, they got themselves the future at wideout. But that's got to suck. That's something to keep an eye on. If you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, that's something to keep an eye on. The injuries taking its toll. And, and we're not and we're knocking on wood right now that Lamar Jackson can stay healthy for a whole year. They want to be contenders. They got to stay healthy. Lamar's got to be able to play in December and January. And by the way, the Houston Texans... I, they're going to be around in almost every game. I think so. They're, they will be able to stick around every game. I already said CJ Stroud. I think he looks fine defensively. They're they're going to the defense is going to keep him in games. But as bad as as bad as that offensive line played today, ooh, it makes me think about it. They, and they need some. They need to beef up at wide receiver as well. Um, are the Los Angeles Rams for real? That was something that I, uh, I I try to ask myself a little bit. Are they for real? Today, I think they proved it. The The LA Rams fucked up the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 30-13. to 13. I did not see that coming, guys. I have to be honest. I didn't see that coming at all. Nothing. I didn't see that coming at all. I wish I did, but no. They made the Seahawks look average. They don't even have a Third, they don't even have a third of the talent that the Seahawks have on their roster, and they put up a display for the ages. Matthew Stafford apparently just needs to be there. Look, it's it's a very good coach team, the Rams. That's I think we forget that they're a hell of a coach team, offensively, defensively. Um, these are hard, you know. These are players that had to earn their positions. You know what I'm saying? They didn't just throw a bunch of dudes in there, you know. Yeah, we don't recognize half the dudes who play on this team, but these guys had to earn their roster spots and and their starting jobs. And you can tell they play very, very good fundamental football. I don't even know how else to describe it. Matthew Stafford was efficient out there without Cooper Cup. It was it, it was an unbelievable. It was similar to Sean Strickland, the, the, the way he fucked up Israel Adesanya. It almost makes you just blow your mind how... If you watched UFC for the first time and you watched that fight, 
You're struggling to think how the hell Sean Strickland was such an underdog. You really are. That's If you watched football for the first time, you're struggling to find out how the hell the Seattle Seahawks were a five, six-point favorite in this one. <laughs> but they were. And are the Rams for real? I don't know. It's always tough. It's always tough in week one, obviously. But if they play like that, and, and when they get healthier, and I mean by when Cooper Cup, the day he... You know when the day he ever comes back, it's a, it's kind of a scary team. You you know you never want to play a team like the Los Angeles Rams, who have nothing to lose, but they're so well coached. They still have a you can almost call you can call him an elite quarterback. He's a Super Bowl MVP. The Rams are scary, and, and they're going to be in, they're going to stick around in every game as well. They're a very good coach team. I just don't think the Seattle Seahawks really enforce their will in this game they lost their two tackles I, I can't believe that they lost their two tackles in Lucas and Charles Cross then the run game disappeared it felt like well it just wasn't the same um Geno Smith was rattled in pressure he just I mean he just couldn't do anything the you know that frustration boiled over to the receivers they couldn't do anything they just were not they were non-existent in the game and and the defense, I, I, I'm shocked they could not get pressure on Matthew Stafford. I mean, the Rams' offense was supposed to be a weakling. I mean, the offensive line was supposed to be a weakling. Maybe the whole team was supposed to be a weakling, but my God, how they couldn't get anything to Matthew Stafford was, it was crazy. And, and he was able to just get a lot of big plays after big plays. It was, it, it was a dominant performance. I don't even know how else to put it. The whole Seattle team just got fucked up. They got beat up so bad in this game. It was bad. Like, literally, they they had double the first downs that the Seahawks had. Double. They got out uh, They got outgained by a shit. They got outgained. Look, this, this stat's going to make you cringe. The Rams outgained Seattle. It, so, it's not one of those bad luck type of games. They outgained the Seahawks 426 to 180. That's like the, the that's Arizona Cardinals playing against the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And that's what you would expect out of the Chiefs doing to the Cardinals. Like that's literally what the Rams just did to the Seahawks. They big boyed them today. The Seahawks could not get a hundred passing yards. I mean the Seahawks barely got a hundred passing yards, excuse me. They couldn't get a hundred rushing yards. Two for nine on third down. And, and the time of possession is unreal. Literally, the Los Angeles Rams had almost 20 minutes of time possession more than the Seattle Seahawks. That is incredible. The Seahawks only had 20 minutes of time of possession this game. There's 60 minutes in a the game. They only had 20 minutes of time of possession. That's rough. That is rough. It's like Geno Smith kind of came back down to earth. And, and look, that frustration obviously boiled down to... It boiled down to the receivers. It just did. DK Metcalf have that late uh, flag. It just... J Smith and Jigba only had 13 yards in this game. Tyler Lockett had only 10 yards. It was a rough day for Seattle at home. And, and it's not like they were just getting beat from the beginning. Like They were up. I, th I think they were up. Yeah, they, they were up at the half. That's the crazy part. They were up... 13 to 7 at the half. They got the Seahawks literally got outscored 
23 to 0 in the second half. It was ugly. It was ugly. So yeah, the Rams. I I don't know if the Rams are for real, but they're definitely not bums. They're not going to be scrubs this year. They're going to compete. And they could potentially compete for a wild card spot if they keep this up. The Seahawks are just not as good as we thought they could be. I think everything has to go everything will have to go right. They'll have to stay healthy and Geno Smith cannot play like he like how he played tonight. Like like if you think about it, literally one of the reasons for their success last year is that Geno Smith played above average. He played better than what he's ever played in his career. Now he has to keep that kind of momentum. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. And and I hope they're able to turn that around because they have a lot of weapons and they're kind of going to end up wasting a team full of so many talented players. Um there's not a whole lot else to talk about. Um, the Washington Commanders barely fucking pulled away against the Arizona Cardinals. Look, it's a great win for the Commanders because they start off a new era without Dan Snyder. But long story short, the Hu- uh, I was gonna say the Houston Texans. You can tell it's almost midnight. I I am starting to get a little bit tired. The Washington Commanders beat the Cardinals twenty to sixteen. I was expecting a fucking blowout in this one. And I, God, I was so wrong. The Commanders made this closer than it should have been. They almost let the helpless Cardinals, who were trying to tank at this point, win this game. The Cardinals' defense showed up. They 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 were rattling Sam Howell all game, it felt like. But, you know, the Cardinals made mistakes that typically, typical bad teams, typical bad teams will tend to make. Like, they had two fumbles. They had two fumbles. They were 4 for 14 on third down. They didn't get a fourth down conversion. The flags, I mean, the flags were unreal. They they lost 122 yards of flags. I mean, they had 122 yards, yards worth of flags. Nine penalties in this game. Uh but look, the command I don't think the commanders, it's one of those games where the commanders, I don't think give a fuck how they win the game. They're able to get the win. It's the first game post-Dan Snyder. Sam Howe's got to clean some stuff up. I'm not sure if he's the quarterback of the future, but he, he was able to pull away with the win. That's all that matters. He outdoed Joshua Dobbs. That's what matters. Um, they need to get Brian Robinson more involved in the offense. I think, I mean, they don't want to waste that guy. He, he's He's a really special talent, too. Um, and just get all of their stars involved. I mean, is that too much to ask for? Terry McLaurin only had two catches for 31 yards, and Jahan Dotson only had five catches for 40 yards. So that's something to keep an eye on. Washington did not impress me. I think Washington was a team that I hyped up so much during the offseason, and I said they're so disrespected, and I don't know why people aren't giving them enough respect, and I don't know why people are sleeping on them. I, I think today they showed me why that is the case. They looked... They look below average. They they should have blown these guys out. They're a lot better than the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. That's for sure. But, yeah, that's that with that game. And that's really all it for me today. Um, it, it was a great NFL Sunday. The day is about to come to an end. By the time I post this podcast, it'd probably be past midnight. It's 11.52 while I'm finishing this. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me. I hope everybody has had a great weekend. I hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Um, I will be back doing a 
podcast on. Well, I will probably be back Tuesday to recap Monday Night Football and preview Thursday Night Football. And then I will be back Friday to do the predictions for the weekend. So yeah, I'll probably be seeing everybody back in two days. Or you guys will probably be hearing me again in two days if y'all decide. But yeah, that's it for me. Like I said once, everybody, I hope everyone had a great weekend and has a great rest of the week if y'all don't hear me again. But that's it. This slime is officially out. You guys have a good night.